Greetings, Honorable Battle Brother. Brother, today we are discussing the glorious Primarch of the glorious chapter and the our most holy yellow men. That sounds wrong. <laughs> the Imperial Fists. Rogel Dorn and the yes. Imperial Fists, the seventh son of the Emperor. Yes. The Primarch of the Imperial Fists. Yes. Dorn was called the Praetor Pra Praetorian, excuse yes. me, of Terra, the Unyielding One, and had the wall name of Defiance, wall name being a term used uh, for Imperial Fists to describe actions in battle, right. or like, uh, like but, nicknames. Yeah. Because they Cute couldn't little just call nicknames. Them, they couldn't just call them nicknames. Yeah. Because... Uh, also, if you if you follow the lore of if the emperor had a text to speech device, he is also known as adorable. Yes. And um, fun fact, Dorn is an old English word, which means castle, and also fist. Wow. In Irish so, Gaelic. so castle fist. Yes. That's... Regal castle fist. Oh. That's appropriate. That's very appropriate. <laughs> well All done. Right. Well done, the Emperor. Well done, the Emperor. You, your naming scheme has struck again. Okay, so, Rogaldorn being the seventh, emperor, uh, seventh son of the Emperor, I mixed those words up a lot, I apologize. Um, he was landed on the planet of Inuit, which was literally just cold. It was an ice planet. Yes. Uh, it was an ice world designated. I'm pretty sure it was also classified as a death world. It was um, also, because it was, it was not suitable. Death hive planet. Like yeah, think Necromunda but ice. Ice. Uh, obviously, this planet being cold. Um, that's pretty much all it had going on. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, tribal based, um, very clan uh, designed. Rogel Dorn would be adopted by the. Dorn family? Yes. The House I of believe. Dorn. The House of Dorn. The House and of Castlefist. The House of House Castlefist. <laughs> Honored be thy name. Um, he would very quickly be adopted by uh, a man which he would consider to be his grandfather, uh -huh. who is the leader of the clan uh, of the house. And as you know, as we've discussed with all the other Primarchs, um, once Rogel Dorn was found by this family, they won. They, they just yes. won. That was it. I just want to point out that Rogel Dorn, despite being depicted as a basic, like your standard, I I'm, I do the right thing all the time and I don't lie, goody two-shoes paladin, apparently, um, to this day, until he died, he had a robe from his grandfather and he slept with it on his bed. Yeah, they joke about that and the Emperor had a text-to-speech device, yes. um, but you're saying it's true, so that's yes. interesting. Yes, here. Rogaldorn and his mighty blankie. Yes, naturally. Every great man has a blankie behind him. Yes. Um, so, once Rogaldorn uh, was ascended to the emperorship, king, king, kingship of Inuit, he, became... uh, he then conquered the surrounding planets yes. and created a pocket empire that was basically the, empi the Imperium. Yes, the empire. He was known as... The Emperor of the House of Dorn. Excellent. Yes. Uh, he had this pretty much ready to go as soon as the Emperor came. Yeah. Uh, and upon seeing the Emperor, he basically stood, uh, got down to a knee and would hand over this, this pocket empire he, he spent yeah. so much time establishing. Yeah. Also, apparently, this is when he... While he was building the uh, Dornian Empire... He, um, that's when he Oof. found the phalanx, which he would spend years working yes. on, and the emperor decides to let him keep the phalanx and use that as his fortress monastery. The phalanx is fucking massive. Well, yes. It's I... like three times the size as any other ship ever created. <laughs> like, even like the abyssal class that Florgar created we're not even gonna talk about those oh my fucking god what a waste of content that was um long story long story short Largar is a fucking idiot but we knew that already yes. uh we'll talk about that in Largar's episode i think maybe if we ever decide to talk about that kitty fiddler um but yeah the phalanx was huge it was massive and it became doran's uh flagship yeah and um doran's sons the imperial fists were, um, like his father, masters of building shit. 
they were the best at Legos. Yeah. Um, Dorn would meet his brothers. He would meet um, Reboot Gilliman. Yeah. Uh, he would meet uh, Horace, obviously. And Horace and Dorn got along very, very well. Like, more so than the other brothers. Uh-huh. Um, and it's even said that they, they chose to be around each other as opposed to just being, you know... Wow. <laughs> creatures of circumstance. Yeah, I know. That's, that's not a Crazy. thing Marks did. <laughs> Brotherly love. What? That That's hard. That's so... What madness was, is this? It was said in foreshadowing <laughs> that um, Dorn could build any fortress and Horus would uh, would storm any fortress. The Luna Wolves were being yeah. being the uh, the masters of like relentless assault, uh, yes. and it is said that if they ever met, the the resulting conflict would spiral into a never ending stalemate. Yeah. Spoiler alert: It didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. aside about the. Imperial fists. Uh, the Imperial fists pre-Dorn yes. continue the tradition of being exclusively of uh, being of being just smaller versions of their Primark, where they also are very, very, very taciturn and cold. And apparently, they're the only formation to have recruited from all of Terra, hmm. as opposed to like say the emperor's children who were exclusive who were recruited exclusively from noble houses or the space wolves pre pre rusk who were record who were recruited from this one notable tribe of maniacs yes so they're also one of the few that recruited entirely from their homeworld because like you mentioned before Rogodorn already had his whole Rogodorn already had a pocket empire he had his own person he, he had a macrod no, right. He had an Ultramar, basically. We'll talk about Essentially, that yeah. He had his own little small empire, which he was already the Grand Poobah of. And so he was able to take a large portion of his men from there. And being that he was the seventh to show up, a lot, a lot, about, it says, according to Lex Canon, that 70% of their ranks were still aspirants. So wow. most, yeah, so most of them weren't even like full fledged space marines. So that means that Rogudorn. Got the ben- received the benefit of being with his region from the outset, and yeah, because they grew up with him. Yeah, just kind of watching them form and being present for their formation and growth and whatnot. That's interesting because now that you mention that, I do I do remember quite a bit, especially in the Siege of Terra, the Imperial Fist getting so much spotlight. Um, a lot of the. Um, uh, a lot of the uh, Imperial Fists actually mention that they're all from Inuit. Like, not all of them. Uh, like, for instance, like, there's a separation, there's, like, a, a status that yeah. comes with being from Inuit. So, like, yeah. Fafnir Ran, who's, um, like, Sigismund's right-hand man, uh, talks about being from Inuit and his experiences on Inuit and yeah. how that translates for the men around him who were newborn, they call them, who yeah. aren't from Inuit. They're foraged along the way during the, the Siege of Terra, during the yeah. Horus Heresy, they don't understand what it's like to live on their planet. Yeah. So, yeah, Rogaldorn. I feel like also this is kind of a big contrast to Russ, who we talked about before, which or uh, most of the other Primarchs who already had like legions that they were introduced to, right? As opposed to Rogaldorn, who received essentially recruits who were mid like who were beginning to midway through their training to be full-fledged space marines right right, and so from there that shows that like that kind of differentiates them from everyone else because they had the ability because rogue dorn had the ability to essentially influence the formation and growth of his space marines as opposed to all of the other ones who met with their space marine chapters later and who Prior to this, like, uh, big example, uh, Lehman Russ, we talked about before, Lehman Russ's prior, Lehman Russ's, the Legion pre-Russ of psychotic maniacs, Lehman Russ, King Wolfboy, met his army of psychotic maniacs, and was like, I'm gonna put wolf pelts on you, and that's about it. Yep, that's about it. Yeah. 
Moving on. <laughs> That's my line, damn it. Uh, yeah, so we mentioned Necromunda before. Um, yeah. Fun fact, Imperial Fists were among the legions that brought into uh, compliance of Necromunda, along with, guess who else? The fucking Iron Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, Rogel Dorn and uh, Perdorabo did not get along. We talked about this back in episode four. Yeah. Um, Perdorabo, the master of siegecraft, mm-hmm. and Rogel Dorn, the master of siege defense right obviously yeah by their natures would yeah. not get along with each other and it is said that the argument spiraled from a comment dorn made about how the M- imperial palace could withstand an assault from the iron warriors right in which perturabo threw a hissy fit at <laughs> also i'd like to point out like as people they would not get along because rogel dorn is known for his inability to tell a lie and his Captain Holt-like demeanor and how he was embraced by his empire. The empire that he helped, he and his father, his adopted father, helped build. Comparatively, Perturabo grew up on Olympia, a planet where everyone screws everyone else over because that's the nature of politics. Yes. So, Perturabo, coming from a planet where everyone lied to him, and lying was just a part of life, even though he hated it. And seeing Roman Dorn, this giant sledgehammer of honesty, riled him up enough where he was incredibly yeah. sensitive to everything that Roman Dorn did. And the fact that their combat doctrines and their man, their legions and combat doctrines and ideologies are so diametrically opposed lends to that punch-counterpunch thing you were talking about before, in that right, right, it's right. literally... They are literally, and everything about them is written and portrayed to be antithetical to one another. And to the point where all it really took was Rogaldorn. Someone's asking, uh, Grand Primarch Rogaldorn, do you think that uh, this build, do you think that the Imperial Palace could withstand a siege from anyone? Yes, anyone. Even Perturabo, the master of siege breaking? Especially Perturabo, <laughs> the master of siege breaking. Dorn's buildings! Yes. <laughs> and then Perturabo just like... Perturabo just show... Just just very loud. Because we can assume that Perturabo was reasonably far away from this. And so yes. Perturabo ran as fast as Perturabo's giant Primark <laughs> legs in his fully riveted together suit of armor could carry him. Just... What, what did you say about me and my inability yeah. to break sieges? Ice boy! Angst. Yes. Angst so, ensues. Moving on. Yes. Uh, Rogaldorn um, would continue to be part of the Great Crusade, and the, the Imperial Fists would win many an honor uh, with their tenacity and, yes. and building buildings that could not yes. be unbuilt. Their mad um, Minecraft skills, yo. Yo. Um, <laughs> eventually. Um, the Emperor would name Horus Warmaster, and some shittery would ensue. But before that shittery could ensue, uh, the Emperor kind of whispered into Doran's ear and was like, Hey, you can uh, can you uh, come back to Terra with me real quick and just stay there for the next, uh, I don't know, uh, seven, eight years? And Doran was like, Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> and um, so the Imperial Fists would then take residency, residency, almost the entirety of the Imperial Fists would take residency on... Right. Terra, and they would start to reform the Imperial Palace yeah. into a fortress. Yeah. The fortress. The ultimate fortress. The Imperial Fortress. The Imperial Fortress. Dorne would spend the next seven years reconstructing every aspect of the Imperial Fort of the Imperial Palace to be the literal most um, well built structure of defense ever created in the history of man. Yes. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. It's impressive that he took seven to eight years because the siege lasted a good bit longer than you. Uh, yeah, no. So the Horus Heresy overall took seven years to complete. Huh. Um, wow. the siege itself lasted, um, I think, like, I'm pulling this out of my ass here, but I think it was like 16 months. Huh. Maybe That's a little less. short for 40k time. Yeah, it is. Um, but when you think about it, so much shit was happening at the same time. Yeah. 
you know, those 56 books that were written about the horse heresy <laughs> all pretty much happened around the same time. Yeah. Within that seven-year period. Yep. And so the fact that Rohul Dorn was chosen to build the fortress angered Perturabo a great yes. deal. Uh, very much. Yeah. Actually, that was one of the... We talked about it in our, in our Perturabo video, but that was one of the nails in the coffin yeah. for Perturabo. That's literally... That was a catalyst for his unrelenting anger towards Dorn. Yeah. It's like, I want Perturabo his whole life wanted to build a big fort, and he never got yep. to build the big fort. Dorn yep. got to build the big fort. Because that's what Dorn did. Yeah. He built the big fort. Uh, it was actually Dorn who would uh, intercept um, Captain Nathaniel Garo, the Death Guard, yeah. aboard the frigate I Eisenstein, um, who fled the Istvan Three massacre, the uh, not the Dropside massacre before the Dropside massacre, yeah. um, the Istvan Three atrocity, I think it's called, just in general terms, yeah. um, who fled that and to warn the Emperor about what what the, what the fuck was going on, um, but uh, he did not believe him. Right. Obviously, did he because, threaten to kill you? him on the spot? Yes, he almost did. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, but with a gaggle of in, of uh, witnesses that were aboard the ship, yeah. uh, the Rogel Dorn was eventually convinced, and he fucking jetted off to Terra to warn <laughs> his father. And then, funny enough, like the Emperor was like, "You're never gonna believe what just happened." Uh, Magnus just bursted through that wall in a psychic in a psychic uh, frenzy, to, trying to warn me about Horus being a traitor. Isn't that funny? And then Rogaldorn just goes, "Well, father, Horus listen. is indeed a traitor. <laughs> we, here are several of his men who just watched the rest of their friends die in a virus bombing. Yep. I didn't believe him at first, but now, probabilistically, there is enough of them where we can assume that they would not be." incorrect if they're they're all all how many hundred of them are corroborating the same story right of different legions at this point right yeah because there was nathaniel gar of the death guard there was the acting crews of the lunar wolves the sons of horus yep um and then a bunch of fucking uh, a living saint euphrates kila uh yeah. we don't need to talk about the imperial cult because that shit's annoying um That'll be the right and answer. a couple of remembrancers who literally can't forget anything yep and they're um, all just like this many people, logically, this many people <laughs> yes. cannot be wrong. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll talk about more of that, though, when we get to maybe the Death Guard or the Little Wolves. Yeah. Shit's gonna... Yeah, we're gonna talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so the Horse Heresy, we continue. Um, there were a couple uh, companies of the Imperial Fist scattered around the galaxy. For instance, um, what's his name? Fuck. Fafnir? Nope. Um, he was in Mount Pharos. Uh, Pollux. Alexis Pollux. Okay. Uh, captain of the 235th company, I'm gonna say. That's, I'm pulling that out of my ass again, but I could be wrong. I'm um, he later, he later became the ch chapter master of the Fist Exemplar, I believe. Oh. Or the, oh. yeah, or the Crimson Fists, one of those two. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was sent... Uh, I think Doran's message to him was literally, uh, bring my wrath to Horus. Um, and that was, like, the only communication he received from his Primarch before the Warp Storm <laughs> cut him off. <laughs> Which is cool. That is um, awesome. Interesting, dude. The guy was fucking massive. Alexis Pollux was, like, was, like, the size of a Centurion. Like, Centurion <laughs> armor. Just normally. He's fucking huge. <laughs> Just the only communication this dude gets is just kick Horus's fucking ass. Yeah, pretty and much. And suddenly the galaxy opens and hell screw hell holes just tear open everywhere. Yep. Uh while this was all going on though, um on Terra there was some some fucky shit going on. Uh -huh. And a couple people knew about it, but they didn't want to say anything, Malkador being among them. But essentially what was happening was the 20th Legion, the Alpha Legion... Um, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, was infiltrating Terra to kind of fuck shit up, to stir the pot before Horus came. Uh -huh. So, like, uh, for instance, they attacked Pluto. They blew some shit up on Terra. Like, real terroristic-type attacks, yeah. hit and run. Which is what they do. That's what the yeah. Alpha Legion does. Yeah. Um, allegedly. They infiltrate... Allegedly. Maybe. <laughs> was, it, was it them? Question mark? I don't know. Yes. 
Um, but this would this this infiltration would escalate when Alfarius himself, maybe question mark, um, <laughs> would come to reveal himself or herself or itself uh, to Hor to not Horus to um, what is his name Rogaldorn. Uh, <laughs> The subject during of the, this video. <laughs> during, yeah, during the Battle of Pluto. Um, <laughs> and all the while, Alfarius, question mark, maybe, um, and Rogaldorn were fighting and fighting, and Alfarius was like, listen to me, Rogel, listen, there's some shit going on, we need to talk, join me, brother, uh, I'll explain everything to you. Meanwhile, like, Rogaldorn was like, Am I, do I look like I'm fucking listening to you? And then rammed his, like, six-foot-long... Six foot and uh, it's more like eight and a half foot yeah. chainsword into Alfarius's chest and just ripped him open. Yeah. And then Alfarius question mark maybe died. Ah, uh, <laughs> I just want to point out that Alfarius tried to reason with a dude whose whole personality is just a brick. Literally, so we'll talk about this now. Dorn gives off such fucking like brick energy that the warp bends around him. <laughs> Literal, there is no way that the warp can interfere with Dorn because of his steadfastness. The warp literally buckles around him. Hell cannot me? operate around Rogel Dorn because he doesn't crack a smile. Does, do you mean to tell me that Brick Castle, Regal Castle Fist of House <laughs> Castle Fist does not, in fact, succumb to temptation? Not even a little bit. It's impossible. <laughs> it is impossible for the warp to influence Rogaldorn because the warp does not exist around Rogaldorn. So Rogaldorn is technically a blank. Kinda, only instead of the warp just not existing, he like has a negative effect on it. So it like <laughs> recedes in on itself around wow. Rogaldorn. So it's like, because the warp is just, it's, it's chaos. It is inherent yes. chaos. And Rogaldorn is just this epitome of order. Well, when you think about it, I mean, what could ca chaos possibly give Rogaldorn? Legos. <laughs> he has those. <laughs> that is true. He has everything he needs. He doesn't true. want anything. That is a very good point. It's like giving. It's like. It's like the most um, the richest man in the world winning the lottery. Yeah. Cool. You get more money. Great. Have that already. <laughs> it's like. What do I need power for? I built the Imperial Fortress, which is still there. Exactly. I don't need any of your shit. Go be gone. Extra be gone, demons. Yes. And then literally the yeah. So that's the fun. It just bends. That's it just bends. Awesome. Yeah, Dorn's Dorn's cool. Wait, does that mean uh, that? Oh, there's another antithetical thing between Perturabo and Dorn. How so? Perturabo was cursed with cons. He was constantly under the screaming eye of the warp. True. And he couldn't, like, always. No one else could... He could all, He was staring constantly at the giant purple sun that was the eye of terror. Yes. And that was constantly just, like... Think of, like, the way I'm going to explain it to the people who, for some reason, are learning lore through us... Is if the baby son from the Teletubbies was constantly crying and screaming? Oh at God! You, and Damn, that's terrifying. You can see it. You're the only one who can see it and hear it, and <laughs> oh, it's just constantly me. blaring into you. And you, you try to talk to anyone else, and you're just like, "What are you talking about? What? That's crazy!" And so you go on, and you meet other sort, you meet like other people who have similar chaos basic experiences with the extra-dimensional chaos nonsense, and they're and even they're like, "What? You see it?" It's just yeah. the air. It's the sun. Right. What are you talking about? And then there's Rogel Dorn, who can literally, who's just standing there, and just, and the constant flow of life and madness that is surrounding him everywhere else. It's just like there's a like a six foot radius, like a like a foot wide radius around him that's just gray brick. Yeah. It's like he's walking around his own giant golden pillbox. Just what? Yeah, pretty what are much. You talking about. I, like, there is only, like, the only thing I need from the warp is for it to fuck off. Yes. And the Perturabo just, const again, constantly under the effects of the purple sun. Compared to Rogel yeah. Dorn, who is so immune to chaos that it just shuts off a foot around him. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's there's that. There's that. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, so the Imperial Fists would man the walls uh, of the Imperial Palace during the Siege of Terra, yep. and they would eventually... Um, Dorn would accompany the Emperor, Sanguinius, and... Some guard dudes. And Alanis Pius! Alanis Pius was also there. I yes. don't know who else was there, because the book's not written yet. Yeah. Uh, probably Sigismund, because Sigismund... Yeah, Sigismund was there. Can we just talk about... Well, this is relevant now, I swear. Oh, absolutely, we're, talking, we're going to talk we're, about Sigismund. We're talking about Sigismund for a minute here. Um, so Sigismund is like the ultimate badass. Yeah. So during the Siege of Terra, he was... Um, so first off, let's just talk about how Sigismund and Rogaldorn used to be best buds. Like, right. Sigismund is obviously uh, Rogaldorn's first captain. Yeah. Um, they used to be best buds. He's the head... Uh, Sigismund's title is the Marshal of Templar, I believe. Right. Uh, he held he held his own secret, not secret, his own order within the ranks of the Imperial Fists called yeah. the Templars. Yep. And these were basically space crusaders. They looked yeah. like space crusaders. They literally had the hel hel Big fancy hel crusader hel cross. Hel Heldrick? No, that's not the word. You know the word I'm talking about. The the, the knight has hospitality cross. Okay. The hospitality cross. That's it. That's it. That is it. Okay. That was their um. That was their symbol. Sigismund was the first captain. They were best buds. Uh, until a small petite girl by the name of Euphrates was like, "Oh, Sigismund, you are um the chosen of the god emperor of mankind," and at this point, that was fucking heresy. Right. So Sigismund was like, um, cool, I'm going to tell my dad this. And Rogaldorn was so fucking angry that he told him this that he bitch slapped Sigismund into a wall and then <laughs> refused to talk to him like an adult for the rest of their relationship forever. <laughs> so that's wanna, their relationship. I just want to point out that the irony of this, because... The Black Crusade, um, Sigismund, we're going to, later on, a little bit later, we're going to get into how Sigismund becomes the chapter master of the Black Templars, who are yep. effectively ultra-zealots. Yes. Who believe in the divinity of the Emperor and all that stuff. But at this point in history, the Emperor was still around and did not play that shit. Yeah, he wasn't a fan. Yeah. Or, or was he? We don't, we don't know. know. Um, allegedly not. Um, okay, but Sigismund would continue to, um, there was obviously more to that story that we're glossing over. We're gonna talk about Sigismund, probably, in his own video about the Black Templars. Um, so, most of that shit is gonna be explained in detail there. Um, but for now, let's just talk about how Sigismund, during the Siege of Terra, was basically chosen by the Emperor to be his champion. Yeah. He was given, like, this fancy-ass suit of armor, painted black. Yes. Um, his sword, uh, which was cool. Uh, the black sword of, of Sigismund, I think he had. <laughs> he just named it after himself? <laughs> well, no, it was, it was later then called that. I don't uh, know what it was called at this point. So it was just the um, black sword, and then it became the but, black sword of Sigismund. Sigismund right, sword. I think, the sword I think belonged be... to Sigismund. Sigismund's <laughs> ah, right. sword. Cusco's poison, <laughs> the poison chosen versus Cusco. Cusco's poison specifically chosen for Cusco. Cusco's poison. Yes. Okay. Um, and he was basically told during the Siege of Terror to hunt down and kill every single Chaos champion on yes. the battlefield. So that's what he did. He marched from fucking battle to battle, just slaughtering fucking everyone. Um... <laughs> So much so that during the, uh, the... Read the fucking books if you haven't read the books, because I'm going to talk about some deep shit here. Literally. Uh, far underground, the Abaddon and the first company, the Jesteran of the uh, Sons of Horus, were attempting to, like, sneak in the basement, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, of course, Malkador knew this was happening and dispatched his knights errant. We're going to talk about them later. Um, along with Sig Sigismund and a detachment of Imperial Fists, and Sigismund's boys, the, the Templars, yes. um, to intercept these fuckers and to kill them all. Sigismund was fucking... I'm not even fucking with you. Three seconds away from cutting Abaddon in half before Abaddon was teleported away with some warp shit, with some chaos magic. <laughs> I'm not fucking with you. So, 
Edrin Har, the Riven Hound. Yeah. Um, basically, he, he we'll talk about him later, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically died. Sigis, or, uh, Abaddon killed him. Really sad, really overlooked death, by the way, in the written, in the writing of the story. Right. Whatever. I'm not angry about it or anything. <laughs> um, only the like sixth coolest character in the entire horse heresy, but whatever. Um, he died, and his body pinned Abaddon to the wall. And Sigismund, I'm, well, Edrin Hard, the Riven Hound, was fucking massive. So, yeah, so his body pinned Abaddon to the wall, and Sigismund was, like, on the other side, like, looking at Abaddon. Like, as his body was pinned, he was, like, flanking Abaddon. Right. He was, like, literally, I'm not even fucking with you. Like, as the sword was coming down to cut him in half, right. Abaddon teleported away. And his sword hit nothing but the wall. And I tell you, when that part of the book came up, I stood up and yelled, "Fuck!" <laughs> good writing, good writing. Made me angry, but good writing. Yeah. Um, Sigismund would continue to be a badass for the the rest of the siege, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he would stay alive and for ten thousand years, just yeah. very angry, yes. and would eventually, ten thousand years later, um, die to Abaddon's hand. But we'll talk about all that in their own video. Right. This is Rogel Dorn, baby. Um, so Rogaldorn obviously, uh, was there at the Siege of Terra. He fought with, um, so far, I, the one, the books I've read. I haven't finished Mortis yet. I'm still reading it. Mortis came out, like, uh, two months ago. Um, um, so, what's it called? Dorn fought Fulgrim. Um, Fulgrim was kind of, so this was after Fulgrim apothecized into Snake Monster. Yeah. Um, but he came at Rogal in the shape of a man for some strange reason. Um, for a dramatic effect, I think. Yes. Because we all know Fulgrim. Yeah. Because um, but... would have been extra. Right. Um, so the way this battle opens, so basically the entirety of the M- M- uh, the Emperor's Children Legion attacks the walls, the, of the Saturnine walls, at uh-huh. the same time. Right. The entire Legion. All 12 um, of them. All, no, unfortunately there were like 100,000 of them, 20,000 of them died in this assault, but whatever. Right, right, yeah, They're... this is the one where Fulgrim gets his ass handed to him as a full yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Rogaldorn kicks the shit out of him, and fucking he goes. He thinks he has basically. He thinks he has um, Rogaldorn surrounded, and he's like, "Look around you, brother. Your wall has fallen. Like I'm, I am su- superior and I am victorious." And Rogaldorn just goes like, "Do I look like I'm watching?" And then just bitch slaps him in the throat real quick, and like continues to pound the shit out of Fulgrim. And then F- Doran's like, "Look around you, brother. You're fucking dead. Your troops are dead. You've accomplished nothing. I'm still here. The wall is not fallen." Yeah. <laughs> so he li- so he literally just goes, "Look at me. Look at me, Fulgrim. I am the wall. I've always been the wall." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, after the siege was broken by the arriving forces of Gilliman, the wolf, the wolf king, and the other one, the lion. Ah, right. Jagatai was already here. He was already there, yeah. Um, The uh, forces of chaos were beaten back into the Eye of Terror during the Great Scouring. And then, um, a demon primarch by the name of Perturabo um, would be like, Rogel, come face me. I have built an eternal fortress on this world. And I don't know why he sounded like Tommy Wiseau there. No, but that's pretty did, good. So. I like that. Just just add growl. Because remember, Pernarabo spent most of his days bitching about stuff. Because yeah. I have built a fortress on... Like, I have built a fortress world that is better than yours. I like I how he turned Swedish there. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Um, the Iron so the eternal happened. fortress... The Iron Cage, I will bring back... We talked about this in Pertorabo's video. Go listen to that if you haven't. Um, he, I will bring back Pertorabo in an Iron Cage. It became known as the Iron Cage. Yeah. Um, before this, Gilliman was like, Hey, Rogaldorn, read this book. And Rogaldorn was like, No, fuck you and your book. <laughs> the book being the Codex Astartes, by the way. Yes. Um, I'm not going to separate my legion into smaller units because that will um, basically endanger the Imperium by thinning out the already thin defenses we have after the Horus Heresy. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I have all these men. Check out all these men I, I have and will definitely continue to have after this engagement with Pertorabo. Uh, by the way, he loses most of his men after this engagement with Pertorabo. The only reason why... all Yeah. The only reason why all of the Imperial Fists are not dead is because Gilliman arrived with this stupid book and pelted the Iron Warriors to death with books. <laughs> That's canon. Yes, they just... 
had they just had like a tennis ball launcher thing that shot c- copies of the Codex Astartes at the Iron Warriors. <laughs> yes, at high velocity, at forty k velocities. Dead ceramite armor. Killing yeah. them instantly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So Dorn and uh, Gilliman would then shake hands, and Dorn would accept the Codex Astartes. Uh, separating his legion into uh, four four detachments, four chapters. The Imperial Fists, obviously. The Fists Exemplar, who um, stood for all like the uh, like the proper traits of an Iron War of a Imperial Fist. Um, the Crimson Fists, which were all like the New Bloods, all the yeah. newborn soldiers, and the uh, Black Templars, who were fanatically angst. raving. Angst. Yeah, they were just yeah, maximum were... angst. Yeah, they were that. We killed mutants and heretics and Zenos. Am I All a big phone call with Grand Marshal Helbrecht now? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. Yeah, so- they're essentially a legion of Sigismunds. Because Sigismund yeah. founded the Bla- Sigismund took control yeah. of the Black Templars. And the Black Templars remain the largest legion, and they follow the out of all the legions, they follow the codexes. There's like a, so, the imperial fist. The way the imperial fist split up, it's kind of set up in a way that you can see who follows the codex the most versus the least. Well, on yeah. one hand, you have the fist exemplar who are basically yellow ultramarines. Yes. And on the opposite end, you have the code. You have the black templars who follow the codexes to rules lawyer their way through the codex studies like any good paladin should. Um and basically figured out that the only way that you get to keep forces of more than a certain amount was if you're crusading. And so the Black yes. Templars decided that we are going to be constantly crusading forever. Because yep. as long as there are Xenos and heretics and mutants, our crusade is not over. And yes, so that's that, the actual logic they take. Yes, uh, that's not that a joke. The literal, that, that is, is the literal standpoint. Yeah. yeah. And that's how they get to keep more than a thousand dudes at any one time. They have like six times that many. Yes. It's fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous is a word, yeah. So yeah. after the Codex Astartes was forced down the Imperial Fist's throat and they split, um time would go on, Abaddon would sit and seethe in the in the um the Eye of Terror. Yeah. Uh, he would eventually make his way out, which we'll talk about eventually, uh, and launch the first Black Crusade, in which the uh, directly waiting for him outside of the Eye of Terror the entire time, 10,000 years have passed now, by the way, um, was the... Um, Black Templar. The entire Black Templar chapter. <laughs> just straight up just them. kind of just standing there, blaring Literally 40 standing there. Lincoln Park, just like... Oh, you mean, um, fuck, what's it called? Oh, it's in TTS. Fuck. Um. Uh, they. Ah, dang it, I forgot. Purging with my kid. That's the only thing I can remember. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Um. Okay. Fuck. Lincoln Loyalists. <laughs> we joke about the eggs, but the Black Templars literally have a chant that is just them getting onto everyone's comms and just screaming, We are death! We have come! We, have we come. are death! We, are we death. have come! We have At come. an increasing tempo until their drop pods crash into the enemy ship. Well, that's the Deathwing. Uh, oh. Or the Dreadwing of the Hel- Dark Angels. Oh! Who comes down? My bad. That's literally what they say now. Um, so I was wrong. It's not 10,000 years. It's um, it's a thousand years. My bad. Ah. Not ten thousand years. Only right. a thousand years. M thirty one. Um. So yeah, the first Black Crusade would immediately face the Black Templar fleet, uh, yeah. as well as like other Chaos fleet. We'll talk about all that later. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Abaddon would face Abaddon, who was about a couple years older than he was during the Siege of Terror, because time is weird within the Eye of Terror. It doesn't yeah. really pass, or sometimes it passes too fast, and sometimes it just doesn't pass at all. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Sigismund felt all thousand years of that weight. Yeah. And would would then fight Abaddon. Uh, yeah, he rammed his sword in Abaddon's, like, chest. Right. Like, all the way through. Um, but Abaddon just kind of shrugged that shit off and then also stabbed Sigismund. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, Sigismund died. Abaddon yeah. didn't. Right. But they were so fucking scared of, of Sigismund that they gave him proper funeral rites and sent his body back to Terra. <laughs> Alright, yeah, I forgot. Because think about this, right? During this point, they're hearing stories of Conrad Kurz and his endless Batman crusade to hunt Lorgar and eat his skull. <laughs> Corvus Korax, but yeah. I, who, who did I say? You said Conrad Kurz. Damn it. <laughs> close enough, close Con enough. Yeah, well, well, at this point, Korax basically becomes the thing that Conrad Kurz always wanted to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. Because they're afraid this, of Sigismund. Because <laughs> they know right. how the warp works. That people, no matter who you are, if you have yes. enough faith and determination, you can use the warp and come back. Right. And the last right. thing they want to have to deal with is a living saint space marine. Yep. God forbid, that'd be fucking scary. That would be fucking scary. Um, so after this, during the first Black Crusade, uh, Dorne would be surrounded by all enemies on the bridge of a despoiler-class battleship, sort of sacrilege. Right. Um... Where he maybe, I don't know, probably didn't, but maybe died. Yeah. Uh, the reason I say this is, so people, a lot of people say that Dorn's dead. Yeah. Um, I refuse to believe this because all they found was his hand. Yes. And in proper Forty Game of Thrones terms, if you didn't see them die, they're still alive. Yeah. And also, it's 40k. The Mechanicus exists. You can realistically yeah. reform an entire person from, like, a skull. Yep. Also, yeah, so fun, fun it is my opinion that he yeah. is still alive. Yeah, so fun fact. They actually keep... So they kept Dorne's hand, his skeletal hand, and they keep it in uh, the shrine of his... The shrine, his uh, essentially, his funeral shrine. And they have, like, the chapter master... Every chapter master will, like, engrave his name upon the bones of his hand. Yeah. So there's not a lot of names, but it's just enough names to weird you out when you look at the giant fucking skeletal hand is probably kept together with, like, armature wire and shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... Yeah, so, um... Yeah, I no think... Knows. So nobody knows where he is. Uh, my opinion is that he's alive. Uh, not everybody agrees with me. Uh, most forum pages don't agree with me. Yeah. Um, but fuck it, right? Yeah. I don't care. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions. It's 40k. Nothing is canon. Nothing is canon. Everything is canon. Yes. Alpharius is canon. <laughs> Alpharius is maybe canon. <laughs> I don't so, know. So, I want to just briefly talk about the War of the Beast, because the War of the Beast brings up a very simple concept that more of the... More of the troops should... More of the Astartes chapters should use this. It's called the Last War Protocol. Yes. The Last yes. Wall Protocol. Where last Wall. All of the I agree. Where all of the successor chapters, in light of an important threat, reunite in one giant legion. Should Earth yeah. come under dire threat, or Terra, as it is called in 40k times, right? So or catastrophic events, right? Yeah, like the War of the Beast, where yeah. God's cool Maguro Thraka happened. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, <laughs> the closest thing to a court we're ever gonna get. Yep. So. The War of the Beast, I don't think we ever talked about that. It, uh, nope. Big Orc happened on Earth. That's what happened. That's the, that's the gist. A bunch of stuff happened. Um, a bunch of Imperial Fists died. The High Lord, Terra. Um, a, bunch of chap a bunch of chapters lost a bunch of dudes. And so... Yeah. But after much work and a whole lot of stuff, including fucking orc submarines. We don't talk about it. <laughs> but they're so cool. No, we don't talk about it. So dumb, I love it. Anyway, uh, all Vulcan of the... also died on this on this battle in this yes. war. He threw him see like fucking Roman Reigns spear tackled an orc into a power into a giant reactor that blew yeah. up. Yeah. So it's but not Vul sure if Vulcan survived that, but we can assume... Vulcan lives! Always. Stomp, stomp! Yes. I don't know if the mic picked that one up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, the current chapter master, who was named... No, a Captain Corvent, whose name... 
Corlin is the one who enacted the last wall protocol. He died during the War of the Beast. He was killed by the Beast. And the Imperial Fist effectively, the standard vanilla Imperial Fist effectively became extinct until Maximus Thane. Yes. Oh, Captain Thane. Yeah. Captain Maximus Thane. To put in perspective, he is one of the three Imperial Fist units that has their own model, I'm pretty sure. Oh, huh. That's that's pretty that's a big deal. So he rebuilt yeah. the regular Imperial Fist by having all of the uh, Templars, the Crimson Fist, the Iron Knights, and the Scorian Tours contribute some of their dudes, and then he yeah. became the new chapter master of the Imperial Fists. Right, right. Yeah. And then a bunch of other stuff happened, including something called the Beheading, and then more successor chapters happened, like the Halo Brethren and the Sable Swords. And, yeah, there's, uh, there's been like 23 foundings of Space Marine successors. Yeah, we are probably we are definitely not going to talk about all of them. Definitely not. M- most of them aren't interesting. Um, uh, really, there's like six, maybe seven that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the space, the um, space sharks, because yeah. uh, uh, we're contractually obliged to talk about the space sharks at least three times during this podcast. Yes. Uh, this is number one, or else Tiberian the Red Wake will wake me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> He's bigger than my room, probably, but he'll like murder fuck me to death. I don't know. House. He scares me. He haunts my dreams. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, other notable Space Marine chapters that I think are cool, uh, successor chapters, as long as we can briefly discuss those so we can make, build a framework for what we're going to do in the future. Uh, the Crimson yeah. Fists, those guys are pretty cool. Those guys are pretty cool. Uh, the Celestial Lions, both of these guys are Space Marine, are Imperial Fist successor chapters. What the fuck are the Celestial Lions? Oh wait, are they the ones- Okay, yeah, no, I know who the Celestial Lions are. Okay, uh, I'm going to explain for the, for like, all, for the five of us who know what they are. Including for some reason Arch Warhammer. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, Arch knows who they are. <laughs> and no God one else. That guy. That guy. Like, it's me and Arch, that's about it, and Major Kill. <laughs> yep. So, like, three whole people. The Imperial Fists are led by one Ekene Dubaku. They are. No, I said the Imperial the Fists. Celestial oh, Lions, the Celestial Lions. The Celestial Lions, goddammit. I know what you're talking about, but I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, the Celestial Lions are led by one Ikane Dubaku. They're famous for having a very fiddly paint scheme, being very, very African, and also being one of the only chapters who was absolutely fucking elbow-dropped by the Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they're famous for. They're famous yeah. for having an eternal blood rivalry with the Inquisition because they decided to question the Inquisition once. Yep. The- <laughs> and the Inquisition said, All right. Fuck you! The Inquisition just said summarily, Fuck you and your peace delegate and your peace delegation. We're gonna fucking kill them and drop your ship off in orc space. Fuck you. Is isn't that convenient that it just happened to land in orc space, right? No one alive on it. They sent very convenient priests and priests and generals on their ship. Yeah, that's who they sent, and then they never heard from them again. And they found the ship years, literal years later. In floating around in orc space, completely abandoned and empty. Right. Because they decided to try and take a rogue and a crazed inquisitor to task. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been perpetually fucked by the Inquisition. Yeah. Now let's talk about somebody who isn't being perpetually fucked by the Inquisition, but perpetually perpetually fucked by life itself. The Lamenters. <laughs> so yeah. the Lamenters are literally the most unlucky sons of bitches to ever grace the fucking galaxy in 40, Warhammer Forty Thousand. Um, they're part of the curse founding, so like they just have real bad luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. They, yeah. are, they're really bad. Aren't they technically? Oh right, yeah, we're doing all the successor chapters. It doesn't matter. They're uh, blood angels, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have the red rage, and they're constantly getting fucking elbow dropped by everyone. And yeah. uh, they are one of the few space three chapters that actually follow the words of the whole Vulcan and care about people. And that's yeah, what constantly do. fucks them over. Yeah, it's their, their willingness to save people. Yes. Um, because they have, like, really bad unlucky streaks where, like, uh, the ammunition in your clip just decided to explode and you don't have fingers anymore. They Oops. The entirety 
the entirety of the Imperial Fist, the, I mean, the, not the, the Lamenters, cannot roll above a one. Yeah, They exactly. all roll one, like, if you, like, on the tabletop, if we're describing it like that, none of them roll high, all ones, all the time. They yep. never above a one. Just constantly. Just, I'm going to try, like, quickly, we must advance. They all roll, advance, make a save, one, all of them. God, dead, eaten by Tyrannus. Dead. All of them are eaten by Tyrannus, <laughs> which eventually the happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Um, so while we're talking about uh, successor chapters, you can't not talk about the Astral Claws. So the Astral Claws, obviously we'll get into them later. Okay. But the Astral Claws, nobody knows where they came from, but you know, uh, people know where they went. They certainly went somewhere. That somewhere being the fucking Eye of Terror. <laughs> um, or not the Eye of Terror, but the... Um, Eastern Fringe. Yeah, and... They were, they led this thing called the Badab War. Right. Um, over the course of which they transformed from the Astral Claws into the Red Corsairs, right. which are the biggest uh, formation of Astartes pirates, of renegades, um, uh -huh. that exists in modern 40k. Oh, right, this is Huron's chapter! Yeah, this is Luft Huron, and um, they're very, very, very hereticalness. Um, very interesting story. We'll definitely talk about the Badab War on its own video, maybe, if yeah. we ever get to it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's all I got. Um, um I don't remember the name of it. I think there is, there are fifth successor chapter, the very Greek, they're constantly going on about how pure they are. I know. Are you talking about the Minotaurs? Yeah, the Minotaurs. Because the Minotaurs are fucking Iron Warrior successors. Fun what? fact. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Huh. Yup. That's hilarious. Yup. Also, uh, what was I, I was going to mention? I forgot. Yeah, the Minotaurs are literally like hoplites in space. They have shields and like hoplite yeah. shields and spears. Yeah, they're Imperial War. They're uh, Iron Warriors successors. Yeah, they're Greek. They're very, very Greek. They're very Greek. Their their chapter master name is. Uh, fuck me. I always remember shit. As I'm opening my mouth, and then I forget it. Um, what, are, what are we talking about? The Minotaur? Yeah. What is the Minotaur? Uh, Asterion Moloch. Moloch. Yep, Moloch. That's, he's also fucking massive, by the way. <laughs> I feel like that's just... Well, because think about it. Their successor chapters, they don't really get their own Primarchs. So all of their all of their chapter masters have to be, like, mini Primarchs. They have to be Primarch size. Or <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> That's why fucking Tabros the Red Wake is the size of a fucking Terminator. He's he's bigger than a fucking Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> he's almost the size of a fucking dreadnought and it scares me. <laughs> right, he's not he's not the size of a Terminator. He has to wear his own like custom fitted Terminator armor. <laughs> it's fucking massive and he has fucking chain sword chain claw power cl power fist chain claw power claw. He has Wolverine power claws. chain chain yeah. fists attached to a power fist with power claws coming out of the power fist. I want to explain what that looks like to everyone else. I want you to take like a giant sock and bopper hand, right? And then just put chainsaws on it in a Wolverine claw-like formation. And then give yeah. it a field that distorts the matter it touches that messes yeah. with the molecular bonds, which means that you can essentially cut through anything. He has two of them. And they yes. glow like lightning, and they're named Hunger and Slake, and they're cool as hell. And we need to talk about Space Sharks in their own episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. And there, so there's not much material on them. There's only three books. Um, I will read all three of those and prep for that. Um, but that was a long fucking uh, sidetrack. Yeah. Um, but I feel, if I may... That's it for Rogel Dorn, I suppose. Yeah. Final thoughts. Rogaldorn is just straight up a paladin. In the yep. most, like the way, for those of you, we assume most of you who are here are familiar with mo with your standard tabletop games, D&D, Pathfinder, and so on. Uh, Rogaldorn plays like your standard I am lawful good paladin. Just very, 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 a brick. A shiny golden brick. The power Who's, of brick. Yes. The power of Grayskull! 
No, that's Lionel Johnson. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, Rahul Gohan. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Tabletop, I want you to imagine Ron Swanson. Now, just make that guy really, really big. That's Rogel Really Dorn. big. That's Rogel yeah. Who's so powerful, so big and strong and just set in his ways that, again, he bends space hell around him because of how incredibly set in his ways he is. Which is yeah. why I feel like it's surprising that so many... That the... That Rogel Dorn made so many, almost more successor chapters than the Ultramarines. Hmm. Just about. Yeah. So, Rogel Dorn. So, the fact that Rogel Dorn spread himself so thin after he effectively died shows, like, the varying interpretations of his legacy. Right. Where, like, on the scale, we have, like, on one end, we have the Black Templars who kind of exemplify the flagrant fanaticism of the Great Crusade because Robo, because I feel like we didn't talk about this enough back when Robo Dorn was in the Great Crusade that's when Sigismund started like back when Robo Dorn and Sigismund got along they Robo Dorn format form, formatted I'm trying to set up the set up the Imperial Fists as a crusading army just yeah. mobile crush kill destroy we don't, we're not right. really here to take stuff for very long. We're here to destroy, rebuild in our name, and leave. Yeah. And so the Black Templars exemplify that. The Fist Exemplar exemplify the the Rogaldorn post-Iron Cage, where it's like the Adeptus Astartes works. The Codex Astartes works. It's the only thing we have that makes sense. So we're just going to follow it to the letter like the Ultramarines did. And so that's how the yeah. Fist Exemplar essentially became just kind of Ultramarines. Hmm. And the Iron Knights and the Excoriators I don't know about. <laughs> but I really, my knowledge of the three, for, of the first three successor chapters, of like, the, they represent the full spectrum of Rogel Dorn's acceptance of the Codex Astartes and how that affects how his legacy being tempered with the legacy of the Codex Astartes and the right. Imperium at large. So it's amazing how many ways one can interpret a lawful good prick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want you to read this quote that I'm sending you in Robo Doran's voice for closing thoughts. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <clears throat> there is no enemy. The foe on the battlefield is merely the manifestation of that which we must overcome. He is doubt and fear and despair. Every battle is fought within. Conquer the battlefield that lies inside you, and the enemy disappears like the illusion he is. That Amen. is probably the capstone of the Dornian Pyramid of Greatness. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That the real enemy is inside you all along. <laughs> yes. The real the real journey is just to beat the heretic within you. <laughs> I had fun doing this. I'm surprised I did. Yes. I thought I was gonna do the Rogel Dorn voice way more. I think it I think it went I think it went well. Yeah. I think we're we're good. Yeah. Uh that's Rogel Dorn next week. We are talking about the 8th, yeah? That comes after 7? Yes. Yep. Generally? Yes. 8 is, guess Guess who? Guess, I want you to guess who number 8 is. Lorgar. Nope. Chaos. Mortarian. No, he's 14. Please be Conrad Kurz. Conrad Kurz! Yes! I could use the slot metal registry of my voice again. Edge! Yes! Okay, Sounds so... like Dr. Claw from Spectre Gadget. <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna figure, I'm gonna figure out a claw joke in there somewhere. <laughs> good, 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 good. Okay, next week is Space Edge Batman. Oh. Um, and the fucking disturbingness that comes out of him. Love yeah. Conrad Curry's. Best case. Uh, but that should be it for this week. Uh, any questions, comment, concerns, feedback, criticism, uh, other adjective, uh, email us at thebattlebrothercast at gmail.com. Uh, 
um, please, please, <laughs> please, as as one friend to another, as one battle brother to another, please, I need I need feedback. Give it to me. Yes, tell me how bad my Henry Cavill impression sounds whenever we start doing the Boris Heresy again, and I have to do Lionel Johnson. Please, yeah, just preemptively. <laughs> you preemptively tell tell Nisi to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yep, that about does okay. it for today. But with that, everybody have a great night, evening, morning, drive home, drive to work. Whatever uh, time it is, you Kiwis listen to this. Yeah, you weird Kiwis that listen to this. We know you're, we know you're listening. We know you're listening. You love us. You love us. We know yeah. it. All right. Ave Imperator. Ave Imperator.